I'm just going to keep clearing my throat yeah. over and over again because that's not annoying. Yeah, I don't like medicine that tastes like fruit. I want medicine to taste like medicine. What about like bubblegum flavored medicine? Did you ever get that as a kid? Yeah. That was delicious. Yeah, that was probably the least offensive. I agree that none of the artificial fruit stuff tastes like fruit, but some of them are good. Well, I just feel like they're trying to cover something up, you know? <laughs> well, they are. That's why they do it. But in my head, I want the active ingredients to be active, you know? Don't don't dilute it with just trying to cover it up. Give it to know? me straight. And no kid likes medicine no matter what. Okay. I remember Jordan, you know, Joey. Yeah. When she was little, and we'd have to give her like cough medicine or, or you know, like Tylenol, like little kid Tylenol that was like cherry flavored or whatever. We'd have to like figure four leg lock her <laughs> and hold her down. It was a three person job. Yeah. So one person had to hold her and restrain her. The other person had to hold her mouth open, and then the other person had to shoot the medicine in. Yikes! Does that surprise you to hear that? I bet it doesn't. No. She's feisty. She has a tattoo of an octopus with a monocle and a top hat. <laughs> that... so, so that equals a non-medicine taker. Well, no, I think it just, <laughs> I think it just equals the feistiness. <laughs> I, have you ever had to do that with your kids? Like hold them down at the doctors? We had to do that with shots. Oh, that was awful. No. I don't... I don't maybe one of them. Maybe one... Just like a restraint. It was probably Kayla. Yeah. We had to do it. Like Peyton, Peyton just like melts into a puddle, you know, when it comes time for shots and, you know, but Hudson, I remember there was one time and I was glad I came because usually, you know, Joey would just take the kids to the doctor, you know, but I was there too because we had all four of them at once to get a shot. And I mean, we had to hold him down and he acted like, I mean, I didn't know if he would talk to us again. Like, he was furious. I've never heard him scream like that. And that was heartbreaking to just hold him down. And But then also you're like, it's a shot. Like, come on. Suck it up. Right. Yeah. Man up. Yeah. Come on, you little five-year-old. Man up. (laughs) I don't remember any kind of, like, traumatic shot. Experiences for you or for kids? Yeah, for me. I the only shots I'd, because I, I you know, I don't like shots, but I don't. But the uh, the Novocaine shots when you get those always, because I had a bunch of dental work when I was little. I had too many teeth in there, so they were always pulling some out. And when he gets that big Novocaine needle and he's sticking it in your like that mm-hmm. bothered me. I didn't like that one. Yeah, because you always feel the first. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's huge. At least the one he had was I like know. this giant Gigantic. Like metal. And it had the little hoops yes. on each side oh. for the fingers to like. Oh. oh, I hated that. I can smell the dentist's office right now. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know that smell it has? Oh, yeah. I can smell I it can, right now. Yeah. Yeah, I had oh. a bunch of teeth pulled out. But, yeah, I, I hated that yeah. shot. Pretty good looking set of choppers there. Yeah. Well, there's there's room now. You know what's weird? What? What's weird? When you think of a baby. This is Aaron talking, by the way. In case you, <laughs> in case you don't know, <laughs> make sure you know who's talking right now. We should say anytime I say something that might <laughs> might be on the border. Just clarify who's it's just speaking. the worship leader. <laughs> He's expendable. <laughs> is is a baby has all the teeth? Just they have all their teeth in there. <clears throat> Not just the baby teeth. They have the adult teeth in their mouth. They're already there. You don't You're grow born them with as... all your teeth. No. You don't <clears throat> grow them? You grow a, t- a tooth? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Is that how that works? They're already there. Just sitting up in your jaw somewhere. Yeah. How come they don't show up on x-ray or something? Because if, if that were the case, why wouldn't your teeth just grow? Why would you need baby teeth that fall out? They would just grow. So you're supposing this. We should look this up. 
No, let's not look it up. I'd rather just. <laughs> Did you know that very rare there are babies born with teeth? Ew, that's creepy. They like come a... out with teeth. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Like when we were having kids, it's a we... big toothy smile. <laughs> right. <for the> baby. <laughs> right. Yeah, we did one of those. Uh... Well, because I, I think. Joe loves that movie, uh, Baby Mama, with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, Poehler, whatever her name is. Oh yeah, and in that, she, like, she's going through some statistics that, like, of like kind of <laughs> one in five hundred million, you know, kind of stuff. And so I remember looking that stuff up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Born with a full set of teeth. That would cause some potential issues for like breastfeeding. I would, I would imagine. Think. Yeah. Can you imagine? And creepiness. Well, yeah, like a. <laughs> Now I'm gonna Google newborn baby teeth. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm gonna look up the teeth thing. I think after. of like what's that Lilo and Stitch? Um, I don't know what which one's the alien. Stitch. Stitch. Okay, so that's the kind of teeth I'm envisioning. Yes, like a like a terrifying like a smile, <laughs> full, but sharp. Yeah, sharp pointy teeth, like razor sharp. Oh, yeah. oh, that's creepy, man. Yeah, ew. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that, mm-hmm. and I don't. I don't want to think about it anymore. No, come on, my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that song in my head for three days. I cannot get it out. <clears throat> so Nate, um, he introduced that song to me last year during uh, during Advent. We talked about gratitude. We mm-hmm. talked about gratitude, and uh, and he's like, "Oh, it's, it's a great song called Gratitude." Mm-hmm. And so he he introduced that to me, and it was uh, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a good song. So I, you know what I sang that song? I sang that song at um, at Divine Shepherd when uh, for Pastor Mark Hanneman's um, like uh, going away party. Yeah, his yeah. lunch. Yeah, that was appropriate. Yeah, I don't think I sang the bridge. I just that one line bothers me. Yeah. The come on my soul, mm-hmm. don't you get shy on me. I kind of forgotten about it until <clears throat> where were we this week? We were at a conference in California. That's right. San Diego. Anyway, so when they were singing that song um in the in the main session, I had for, I'd kind of forgotten about that bridge altogether. Yeah. Then it got flashed up and I was like, eh, yeah. all right. It's not 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 the best. You know, some songs I <clears throat> so here's the anatomy of popular music. So whether it's pop music, secular, Christian music, you know, non-secular, whatever, you have a verse, and then typically a chorus, and then you have another verse, and then typically a chorus. Maybe you double that chorus. Then you have a bridge, right? What's a bridge? A bridge <clears throat> is how do we make this song longer? <laughs> so let's introduce... And in completely different, it's not, it's, it doesn't follow the melody or the chord progressions of the verse. It doesn't follow the melody of the chord progressions Oh, of I know the what you're talking about. Yeah, songs yeah. do that. So yeah. like, come on my soul. That, right. That's a bridge. Right. That's the bridge. And, um, and so, and then, you know, you build through that bridge and then what do you do? Then so you go back to the chorus, right. but then you get quiet. Right. And then you build. And that's like the, the blueprint for every... Practically worship song. song right now, yeah. Not just every worship song, but every song song. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to mix it up. Got to get some, you know, because the pattern is predictable. Right. And I suppose that's okay, but I don't know. I like a good song that, that comes kicking out with the chorus first. Hmm. So that song that we're doing this Sunday... Um, first song for me and my house. Yeah. That starts with the chorus. Starts with the chorus. Then it goes to the verse. Yeah. Then back to the chorus. And then there's a bridge too. Mm-hmm. But because of the way they kind of mixed it up, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. So that's now we're music learning information. I, I have always heard the word bridge in music, but I never knew what it was. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised that you didn't know that. I knew what chorus and verses were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, and then there's that other thing. 
Yeah. And then there's the bridge. Oh, we're going to sing the other thing. What's Sure. The bridge. Right. Yeah. Well, and then the other challenge of that is if you're introducing a new song in worship, the verse and the chorus typically are pretty easy to pick up for people who haven't heard it before. So, for example, like the song that, that North Coast Church introduced that they they wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty easy to follow. You know, you can kind of pick it up fairly yeah. quickly. So then you you feel comfortable about the verse and the chorus and you're singing along and then all of a sudden... They go to something. Yeah, 75% of the way through the song, they introduce something brand new. And they're like... <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes we just skip the bridges. Yeah. There's a particularly bad bridge in the Chris Tomlin song, um, I Will Follow. Where you go, I'll go. Mm-hmm. You stay. Um, never done it because it's just... You can tell it's just filler. It just makes the songs longer. Yeah. Hmm. Otherwise, songs would be two and a half minutes long. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. You know, I you know there. Are... I, I happen to think God's <clears throat> tired of listening to me sing after two and a half minutes. Well, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> Make a joyful noise. That was noise. Pastor Justin who said that. Yes. Make a <laughs> joyful noise. Yeah. Good two and a half minute song. I mean, but any good worship leader can take a two and a half minute long song and stretch it to 12 minutes anyway. Right. So I'm not good. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Let's go back and say, <laughs> I can't do it, man. Like the song is over. We can. So, so for those of you that don't know, we, uh, Aaron and I and, and Ryan Hahn, our president, um, we just, uh, got back from a conference in California. We went to the North Coast Leadership Conference. Um, and, and the worship was, you know, lights off, light, light show from the stage, Mm -hmm. smoke machines, um, very charismatic worship, um, which it's fun to, to hop into that, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and be a part of that. Um, but I, I guess my big thought in that, uh, and why I'm glad we do things the way we do things, um, is I, I don't think that's very family friendly. You know, like I, I think of the the family with a little, you know, like one year old and two, like because there are no kids. Like they send mm-hmm. kids out; kids aren't in worship. You know, like yeah, at all, it, right? Right. And you know, like that's just that's a lot going on mm-hmm. and a lot of noise and you know all that. And um, I like the way we do it, where it's the focus is on the words, the focus is on. Um, and this isn't a knock on them, but. Just it's a preference. It's it's a preference. Yeah, yeah. They did some really cool things uh, with their environmental projection. So they had, you know, this kind of a massive, really nice worship center or worship space that have you know projection screen for for lyrics. But then they had additional projectors. Yeah. And then at some point in time, you could see like the designs and things that they were projecting yeah. up on the walls, which is pretty cool. But again, it's super dark you know you've got the lights the haze well it feels like a projection yeah it's like is this Coldplay right but it wasn't Coldplay it wasn't (laughs) do you like Coldplay I do I've yeah Mm -hmm. Yellow that's a great song I do love Yellow yeah yeah so California why are you sick I'm not no see don't do that did you get sick on the airplane no I'm not sick a bunch of people were wearing masks, and you didn't. You're going to catch stuff. <laughs> Still a lot of masks in California, if you're wondering. Were there? Yeah. Gosh, I didn't even pay attention. Really? Yeah. When we were out and about? I didn't even notice. Not at the conference. Yeah, no. No, nobody at the conference. No. Well, maybe a couple. But yeah. Tell people what the conference was about. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a leadership conference um, at North Coast Church. Um, North Coast is a non-denom church, but um, their lead pastor's written a bunch of books. I've read a couple of them, and <clears throat> the conference got recommended to me, um, and I was like, "Cool, I need to grow in my leadership." And so flew out there and um, and took a lot of notes. It was really the you know, I, I always think a conference, you know, if you can come away with two or three things to kind of 
challenge yourself or give you a new direction or idea, you know, like that's great. And definitely got that, you know, a couple of things that I really came home with all my heart to, to say, Hey, we need to grow in these ways. I need to grow in these ways. Um, and then some new ideas of, Hey, you know, cause I think the, the big challenge for churches is, um, you go to the conference and you hear how they do X, Y, Z and you come home and do X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, you're not them. You you don't have the same personalities. You don't have the same leadership style. You don't like, you just need to take that and say, okay, for me, the principles out of that, it's going to look like, you know, ABC, but I'm going to take the principles of what they were trying to do. And then how do I try and do that in my context that fits who I am and what I do. Yeah. And because uh, I, I, I'll admit early in my ministry, yeah, I would go to a conference and be like, well, I'm going to I'm just going to come home and do that. Right. And it's like, well, OK, after two months, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, so, oh, that conference was a bust. No, it wasn't. I was the bust. <laughs> like, I didn't <laughs> learn the lesson of like they said, here's the problem. Here's how we want to get to the problem. Mm-hmm. I need to take that lesson and say, OK, here's my problem. And I'm going to try and find a similar path that works for me in my, my setting. And so, so yeah, I love going to conferences kind of gives you some fresh, um, energy. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it's always fun to be, cause I will tell you this, you have never seen worship or I'll, I'll say that you have never heard worship singing like you yeah. will at a Christian conference True. because everyone in that room is an all in singer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like even at the biggest church in the world, like not everybody sings, but at a Christian conference, that is, I love that. Like when we have pastors conferences and stuff like that, when that whole room is just belting out those, those words, man. And I think it's even, even more powerful when it's more like hymns or more traditional songs. Oh yeah. Because then everybody's harmonizing, you know? Yeah. Again, like layers of vocals. Oh yeah. That's fun. That's good stuff. Yeah, like when you go to a Lutheran conference and mm-hmm. yeah, they'll bust out a classic hymn and that whole room because like Brady was talking about it. He went to one like two weeks ago and I forget which song it was, but they just did like three of the verses and there there was like, you know, a fourth and fifth verse and he said the room kept going. They kept going. Yeah. From memory yeah. and just finished out the song with no music and, and he was like, I was in tears. Like it was... It was just, you know, it felt like we were in heaven, you know, like in that moment of like connecting heaven and earth, you know, like yeah. of just, hey, we're just going to worship and praise. And we, we know the rest of the words, so you don't need to put them up. You know, we're going to finish this whole song. So, yeah, conferences are fun. And you get to meet some people. Yeah. I got to meet um, uh, Joby Joe Martin, Martin, who who I listen, you know, I, I make this comment all the time that there's better preachers out there and I listen to them and, and Joby Martin's one of mine that <clears throat> and there's a handful of them that I like and listen to. And he's mm-hmm. one and got to meet him. He was really nice. And where and, did you uh, meet him? Tell him <laughs> outside the restroom. He was, I was coming out and he, he was, was going in. in and, uh, you're like, how bad do you have to go? Cause I have a few questions. For you. <laughs> right. Is this like a death no, on he stopped situation? To me for like yeah, 10 <laughs> minutes. So it couldn't have been too bad. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, it was neat to, to get to talk to him and, and, um, and, uh, got to, to meet some other people just that were at the conference and that's always fun. You sort of have to drag me kicking and screaming to those conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why? I don't know. I mean, I've been to a lot Yeah, and not just, not just for, um, not, not church related conferences, you know, and my previous life been to mm-hmm. a lot of like trade shows and conferences yeah. and, and, um, and, and usually I'm going as, um, people might not know that you've worked in the secular world. Oh, where, really? Yeah. No. So let's share where you've worked before. Um, <laughs> well, my first job. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. The jobs of your freshman. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was, well, the, my, my first job actually I worked for my dad, um, cause he had a furniture company. And so he, there was like a, uh, manufacturing plant, mm-hmm. uh, in just like in council bluffs area. And then he had, uh, like a retail store here in Omaha and mm-hmm. he had, he had uh, the first one was like, 
84th and center, and the second one was like 120th and center, something like that. So I would go to work with him, you know, in the summertime or the weekends and, and help put together furniture and, and like sand it and stain it and do stuff like that. So that was my first job, like hands-on kind of stuff. My first like paid job was high V, stacking groceries and carrying groceries out for people. That was mine too. Not high V, but no. Publix. Publix, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I hated that job. I loved it. I hated it. Because like you go in as a 15-year-old kid and they're like, okay, go, you need to go uh, mop the floors. I didn't know how to mop a floor. Right. Would you know how to mop a floor at age 15? None of my kids know how to mop no. a floor. Or go clean the toilets. Yeah. They had you guys doing that stuff? Yeah. Oh. Now sack people's groceries. Mm-hmm. Ew. Right. So, <clears throat> Yeah. Yep. And then um, did landscaping and sprinklers and all that stuff in high school after high V. That was, uh, you know, go outside for 11 hours and dig holes and carry rocks and things like that, plant mm-hmm. trees. Got really strong. Yeah. In those summers. Like a rock. <laughs> Isn't that hmm? how that song starts where he talks about carrying sod and... I was never a fan. Of Bob Seger? I'm sorry. I like Bob Seger. I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm just like, it just wasn't my... That classic rock was not really my... Really? ...style. Yeah. Anyway, so fast forward to... (laughs) I worked in sales many, many years. We'll just just fast forward. I worked in sales um, in the healthcare industry. And so, yeah, a lot of conferences. And so it it equated to work. You know, so you go Mm -hmm. to a conference. You're not going to go to a conference as an attendee. Although you are attending it, mm-hmm. you're going to work, which mm-hmm. means you got to set up a booth, stand in a booth, mm-hmm. talk to people who don't want to talk to you. You know, put some, put some uh, goods out on swag. the table. Yeah, the swag. I'm so the guy that over. has no problem walking right oh, over no. and grabbing Take swag. And, and as later. soon as they start talking, say, "Have a nice day." <laughs> I'm just grabbing At this for my kids. Church conferences, no less. Oh, I do. I walk the whole swag table. I load up my bag because when I get home, my kids are like, what'd you bring us? <laughs> it's like pins and like magnets and they love it. You know, they they all grab three or four and yeah, I got no problem just walking through and grabbing the swag. You got to go early. You get the good stuff. Right. Because they run out quick. Yeah. Because of people yeah. like you. Yeah. <laughs> I just come through. I'm like, don't care. Don't care. Thank you for the pen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do at Christian conferences, though, you know, because they're, they're really good causes, you know. It's like, but this is about starving children. Oh, sorry, I said don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, don't have time. Yeah, busy. <laughs> yeah. I'm busy. What are you busy with? Uh, getting all the swag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. But I always like being there at the conference. I don't, I'm not a good traveler either. I think that's the other thing. Like, I don't like being No, you were not. You were very, yeah. If anyone ever flies with Aaron Bressman, he, yeah, he's a diva. What is that supposed to mean? Oh my goodness. I don't have enough leg room. Can I get another, can I get another drink of water here? Um, you know, I had to. You're making up the, stories. The sun's in my eyes. Can you <laughs> shut your shades, please? <laughs> you know what makes me angry? I'll say this. <laughs> Cause I'm you know what really grinds my gears? Let's hear it. <laughs> I'm a I'm a window seat guy. Have to have a window seat. Cause I get I get like motion sick if like the plane's moving all around and I can't like see out the window, you know? Okay. But it grind would you say grinds my gears? It grinds my gears. The people that take a window seat and immediately shut the shade for the entire trip. Yeah. What why do pe- if you want a window seat, look out the window. What's the instruction on that? What do you mean? They're supposed to be open at takeoff and landing. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're supposed to be. They say it. Well, they should come through. And well, now that I know that, I'm going to call those people out. I'm be like, open your window. Yeah. Excuse me. Did people you not, care? Did you not know? Yeah. Proper. Because there's been times I've had to be stuck in the aisle or in the middle, and you know they they close the window, and I'm like, I'm I'm going to get motion sick. Like, open your window. Yeah. Or trade me seats. I got. I see, will look out the window. I got to see this thing moving. I right. feel it moving. Right. But I need to see it moving. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. If you are one of those people. <clears throat> stop it. Stop it now. Stop it. Open your window. How dare you? Open your window. 
I just don't get that. Why why would you want a window seat and not It's possible that there are people who feel the opposite way that if they see the plane moving at that speed that that makes them ill. Did you ever think about so that? So they fight for that seat to close the window? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, so what you're saying is like then just sit somewhere else? Right. And don't sit walk. on the aisle where you don't have to look out a yeah. window. You can just look forward. Yeah. Or down. Or down. Or up. Anywhere. <laughs> you can close your eyes. Close your eyes. Yeah. Take a little nap. We're, we're helping people today. I, I'm i trying to help myself. I don't think so. Yeah. And others. Like me. Like a good pastor should. Right. Um, so, once I get to conferences, I'm glad <laughs> I'm there. I'm glad I'm there. And I try to... You can't ever absorb all of it, you know, but I try to take things that I've not heard before and, and, um, examine that for, you know, my own. Ask new questions of yourself, right? Yeah. 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 Sure. And, and, and of, you know, in this case of, of our church, you know, you go to a mega church conference, which this kind of was. It was. Yeah. Um, that, that, you know, some things were just completely not applicable, but. You know, in different, in varying degrees, they are. And so, to to take something new that that we could apply, and um, take you know to to leave some things out, you know that they're that they spent some time on that aren't applicable without shutting down completely, but just right. you know like okay, that doesn't apply. So, um, and then you always get things that you already know that you can, or that maybe they were already doing that mm-hmm. get reaffirmed. Right. It's like oh okay, as opposed to. Oh, if you're doing this, stop doing it right away. Right. You know, um, and then those other things that you you once heard or you learned or you knew, but you've set aside or yep. you've forgotten the back burner things. Yeah, yep. you're like, oh, I want to get back at yeah. that. Yeah. No, there was a couple of those <clears throat> at this conference. Yeah, for where you? I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, that's been on the back burner for a little while. Yeah. Like, I do need to get that back. Like. I need to start thinking about that again and how we might add something like that or, or expand like that. So I love conferences. I like sitting around listening to ideas and then coming back and dreaming, you know, you know, when I, I went to a, um, a worship leaders conference in just South of Kansas city, um, a few times came back from the, I went, <clears throat> the first one I'd ever gone to, I came back from that just completely on fire, mm-hmm. just completely on fire. And uh, that's when I pulled Pastor Sean Chapman or Vicar Sean mm-hmm. Chapman at the time aside. And I was like, I'm going to break down some barriers and worship here. And this is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And it was completely, you know, I don't want to get into all of it, but, I came back on fire mm-hmm. for for the lost, you know, and just some things that you know had kind of been maybe bubbling in my head about about families together, you know, and worship mm-hmm. too, and so, and that's a conference I didn't want to go to either, right? And I dragged myself to it, even though I got to drive myself there, mm-hmm. versus you know flying. <laughs> I still yeah. didn't want to go, and I went by myself, which is mm-hmm. kind of weird. Yeah, too. Walking around a conference where you don't know anybody, and mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, really glad, really glad I went. So, but this was good. This was good, I think. And you know, we, I think we walked away. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we walked away feeling uh, very positive about yep. where things where things are and where they're you know, seeming. Well, I, I think I think exactly what you said that um, there's things that challenged us, but then there was a bunch of things that reaffirmed that. Um, we're doing good things too, and yeah. we're on the right track. And I think that's that's how we feel. Like we we aren't doing things that we think, oh, this doesn't work, and but we'll keep doing it. <laughs> you know, like I think Grace Hill's on a really good path, and yeah. um, but we can always grow and and um. And when I say grow, I'm just not I'm not talking about numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about in in just um, spiritual maturity and intention. You know, of what we're doing and just be more effective with what we're doing um, and, and grow in new ideas, you know. And for a church that's 
you know, barely six years old. Right. That's a reasonable thing yeah. to say. Right. <laughs> we need to we need to mature, of course. Yeah. Six years old. Yeah. I the, the thing I and I said to you there uh, that it, that it did drive home to me was how blessed of a worship community we are. We are. We have a really cool thing going. We do. And God's God's been leading us well, and and um, and I think we as a church have done a, a good job of responding to his his leading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're seeing the fruits of that. Which brings us to the message for Sunday. Yeah, dream big. Um, dream big. Number three. Number three. Mm-hmm. And uh, so week one was all about love God with all you have. Week two was about serving God with all you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and week three was about, because these are kind of the marks of the Christian church. Like, because that's what we've said from very one. The phrase that you're going to keep hearing and I'm going to keep saying is we're not building a building, we're building a church. And there's a difference between those things. Um, and when we talk about building the church that God wants to see, um, that that God wants to see a group of people that are loving Him above all else with all they have, a, a group of people that are serving in all of their skills and abilities. And then number three, it, He wants to see a church that has a heart and a passion for one more. Um, because the church that's saying like, oh, I'm good. Like, got all my friends here. Like, we're good or is not inviting people or not, you know, like seeking the lost or having a heart for the lost. God says, this is the mark of my church. This is the mark of my people. Um, because God says, love what I love and what God loves. And that's what we went to is Luke chapter 15, where Jesus is saying three different stories. (laughs) I mean, like a whole chapter in the Bible about Jesus saying over and over, I don't care if I got 99 sheep. I'll go after the one that's lost. I don't care if I have nine coins. I'll go after the one that's lost. I don't care if I have one son at home that's serving and working well. I care about the son that's not there. Yeah. And then when the, that prodigal son comes back and the other son is angry because I welcomed him home, I care about that son and I go out of the house to rescue him too mm-hmm. and bring him back to the house. Like, And God says, if you want to be my church, if you want to be the church that I want you to be, you need to care about the one like that. Um, and so that was the challenge is do you, and this is what I said to, to everybody, do you, do you have a one more in your heart that you, that you care about, that you pray for, that you are trying to invite? Because if you, if you walk out today and you're like, no, I don't. Well, then that's God's challenge to you mm. is if you want to be my people, that's, that's the heart is that there needs to be somebody on your heart that you're praying, God, help me. Like, help me get them here. And it doesn't have to be here. I, I should say that. Yeah. The one more isn't, you know, about Grace Hill. It's about wherever they're at, yeah. whoever they are, that they find Jesus. I have many one, one mores. Yeah. It's hard. It is. Um, it, it was a... Con- <laughs> As many of your sermons are... Um, and what I love about them and you is that I can learn, uh, but also be convicted, you know, in there. And <laughs> as we were leading up to, to like the week prior, you know, just kind of praying about and reading about what we would be hearing on Sunday morning, you know, it was really weighing heavy on me. Mm. I'm like, I don't have one more. I got like lots of one mores. Yeah. You know? People I pray for daily. Have you seen a one more come? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Without saying a name, can yeah. you kind of share some of those details? So one of the one of the things that I that I have had a heart for is is for the lost. Um, you know, people who are either unchurched never grew up in the faith, you know, never, you know, like we talked about it, not you know, like you were your parents one more. Right. So right. they say, well, well, I was raised in the church and I, I mean, not you, Pastor Justin, but right. you know, you hypothetical person, um, you're like, well, I grew up in the church. I've always been there. And so, you know, I wasn't somebody's one more. And you're like, no, your parents 
Yeah. Or like, I want you to grow up in the faith. And so they brought you to church. You were there one more. So, you know, I think about the people who didn't get that opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, who, who, who weren't introduced to, uh, to church, weren't introduced to, um, the, the, the gospel at a young age. And so for, for those people, um, I have a real heart for them as well as people who have walked away mm-hmm. from, from their faith and, uh, and not necessarily their faith. You know, I don't want to like, you, you never know what's going on in somebody's own heart and mind. They've walked but, away from the church. Though. Yeah. Walked away from the church for whatever reason, you know, maybe they had a bad experience or maybe, you know, maybe when they, they got some autonomy and they, you know, they grew up and they, they, you know, left the home. Um, they're like, Okay, well, I never liked going in the first place, and now I don't have to go, so I'm not going to go. Right. And, uh, and that might be a pattern of a couple of years. It might be decades. And it might be a lifetime where they don't mm-hmm. <clears throat> come back. And so I, I, my, my prayer is for those people to be rescued, mm-hmm. you know, for, for, for Jesus to leave the likes of you and me and, and to go not abandon us, mm-hmm. but like, walk away from us for the sake of that one person and to, to, to scoop them up out of the danger they're in, put them around his neck yeah, and celebrate them. Yeah. And, and come back. And then for all of us, you mm-hmm. know, for the 99 to be like, yes, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, certainly have, um, I've experienced that. And that is, uh, the, the, the way that that, the way that that is going is so awesome, man. Like mm-hmm. to see it happening and to see this person growing in the church. And, um, and so I can't even talk about it anymore. I'm going to, I get emotional. Yeah. So anyway, how about you? We'll <laughs> talk about you, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll reduce me to tears, tears of joy. <clears throat> I think, um, I think for me, uh, you know, my road to to being a pastor was a, a one more because I, I didn't grow up in church. Then we started going to church. But then in college, I, I really, I mean, like people are like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't go to church. Like I, I took a dark turn for a year and a half of my life, mm-hmm. you know, freshman year through through beginning of sophomore year um, where there was where I was somebody's one more. You know, and um, and my home church didn't stop praying for me. They didn't stop um, believing that this was a path for me. Um, and uh, and that's humbling. Um, and then you know to see that happen throughout my ministry to see to see one Morse come home. Um, it's, it's, it's the greatest joy in ministry, um, to see that person for the first time kind of walk through those doors and you can tell like everything in them is, is shame or guilt or, or even maybe resentment and anger and to just watch those, those chains just fall Mm -hmm. and just watch them engage and watch them, um, realize that that when Jesus died on the cross that counted for them mm-hmm. that there's nothing they can do to separate themselves that there's nothing that he cannot forgive um that someone who felt cuz i mean <clears throat> you know i'm i moved around a little bit and you know i know what it feels like to be on the outside i know what it feels like to be left out of the group and and to feel like okay everybody else has got it and i don't you know um and i just it breaks my heart the people that feel that way towards church and Jesus yeah. of like, I could never go there. That could never be for me. What's in my past could never be forgiven who I am and what I've done. Like nobody would want me or love me or care about me. Um, like just what an awful, awful place to be. Um, and to see and hear people share that story of I came and and I realized that, Jesus does love me, that this is for me, that I can change, that there is victory over this, um, that I don't have to, that this label doesn't have to follow me for the rest of my life. You know, like, I mean, golly, 
That stuff just, like, in my soul, just lights on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, when I hear that stuff and see that stuff and I'm a part of that stuff, like, and that's what it's all about, you know? Um, and, and the, as a pastor, you don't, you don't forsake the 99, you know, the parable, of the 99 sheep or the hundred sheep and one's missing. Like, you know, we equip and we grow, yeah. but that's where like small groups and stuff, like w- once you're kind of in the door, like we can, we can do some things for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't have to, you know, be spoon fed anymore. You know, like we can, we can grow and mature and we can, we can eat the, the, the steak and potatoes and we can, we can help and encourage each other, you know? Um, but for that one that's lost, man, yeah, you gotta, cause, cause what I think about is this, like, if that were me, how far would I want somebody to go to rescue me? Even if I've pushed them away, mm-hmm. even if I've, um, uh, demeaned everything they believe every, cause I think that's the biggest challenge. Cause I have one more in my life and, and I'll say some, you know, family, yeah. you know, I have multiple family members the that hardest, are my one most. The hardest thing. Um, and it is the hardest thing because, you know, to them, I'm not, I'm not pastor Justin. I'm Justin, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there, there are multiple one mores in my family that, um, that have either frustrated me that I've kind of at times given up and just been like, okay, <laughs> like then all I can do here. Yeah. Like I've said all Best I can say, <laughs> um, or, or they've demeaned, you know, what we do or trivialized what I do or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I just, that mindset of just, Okay, no matter how many times I've pushed away, no matter how many times I've I've n- not shown up when I said I would or not done what I said I would, like how would I want somebody to come after me if I was lost and yeah. had no hope? And I think that's the motivation and that's the heart is um is to to love people like you would want them to love you. Yeah. Um so I think as a church, you know, like all three of these things are real. And, and that's why I keep saying, we're not building a building. We're building a church. The building is going to allow us to make more room for more one mores. That's what it's all about. Um, but all that we're doing is about being the church. I got called us to be that when that building is built and it, and it's going to be an important building because it's going to be the first of building in that development, you're going to be able to see it from 192nd and Dodge mm-hmm. being built. It's going to be a city on a hill. Mm-hmm. It is for until they build everything else around it. But for whatever time period it's there where it's the only thing there, it's going to be a city on a hill. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is going to change people's lives is when they walk into that room, it's not that building. It's that they go, these people are different than everybody I know. Mm-hmm. These people are different than my my world that I'm surrounded with. They love something that I don't love yet. They serve in a way that I, floors me. They they love God with all their heart. They f- serve with all their heart. They they care about one more with all their heart. Like those are the things we're building. Yeah. And when we build that, everything else will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. The building, the finances, generosity, that'll all take care of itself. When we build the right church. And, and we are like our growth from day one has been people inviting people. We do not spend money on mailers. We do not spend money on big Facebook advertisements. We don't spend money on, you know, we, we did in the beginning days, did these like big events where we'd invite the community and nobody ever came. Like people would come to the event, but we would, we would spend thousands of dollars, you know, to bounce houses, food, all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And people would just literally show up and then never show up to church. So we said, you know what? Like, that stuff, yeah, maybe some people will get our name out there. Yeah. Maybe it'll work. But the number one thing we've seen time and time again that brings people to Grace Hill is people inviting people. Yeah, That's it. So what do we invest our money in? Buying shirts. Buying, <laughs> like, we're going to equip you to go out and have conversations with the people you know yeah. and encourage you to do that. So we'll, we'll give you opportunities to invite them, and we'll give you ways to invite them. And that's what it's all about is just invite somebody, you know, invite your one more, mm-hmm. invite your neighbors and invite your coworkers, invite your, 
you know, like I, I just, we need, that's the mark of our church is we need to be a church that loves the lost. Yeah. Loves the lost. And, and the lost a, are not easy to love. And well, but you can, you know, you can say that you counted yourself as one of those people, yeah. you know, and, and, and by the grace of God, here you are. Um, what do you say, what do you say to people who, who's one more, um, doesn't live in a, you know, in a community where you can invite them to Grace Hill, like, or, or even like Absolutely. any kind of regularity. I've had people do this. Um, find a church in their area, mm-hmm. do a Google search, watch some sermons, find a church in their area that you think is a good spot for them and call that church oh, yeah. and say, Hey, I am trying to invite, I don't live there. Mm-hmm. I care about this person. I am trying to invite them into your church. Um, and if they're a good church, they will help you in some way. Cause I've had people call and they're like, Hey, um, we get this all the time from people moving from Lincoln to, to Omaha. Yeah. And usually it's, it's, it's moms and it's their, their children, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, he's 20. He's moving to Omaha. Mm-hmm. Would you reach out? Would you, I'm like, you give me an email. I'll reach out. You give me a, a phone number. I'll text and I'll give an invitation. Um, and, and, and just encourage them to that church. Like try it once. Let's, you know, let's do this. Um, because, and, and if that, that's not working, absolutely share our stuff with them. Maybe that gets a, a, a hook in, Yeah. but it's not, the dream is not that they would just sit at home and watch Grace Hill from long distance because right. you need to be in a community. Because that's not what church is. That's not what church is. Yeah. Church is ta- a, they, sorry, they talked a lot about that at the conference, Yeah. how um, these bigger churches due to the COVID experiences uh, or situation, rather, um, circumstances, uh, people got comfortable with watching church online. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you're not, you're not part of the church. You're, you're just observing right. church. You know, it's like the difference between watching a concert on TV or being at a concert right. you know, to go back to that. You know, we or watching about. sports or, or going out and actually playing. Right. Yeah. Like church is a active participation. Yeah. You're thing. an active participant and, and, um, and you're not. So anyway, to, back to your point. Yeah. That's not, you know, we don't want people to, who live, you know, outside of our community who can't get here on a regular basis or ever to just dial into Grace Hill every Sunday and say, okay, well, so I'll just watch or I'll just right. take it in. And not that, that there's anything wrong with that. That, but... that might be a good first step sure. for some people, yeah. but the, the, the goal needs to always be to find their own church community to yeah. be a part of actively because that's person that's what church is yes um it's the people it's not like you said it's not the building um it's not just observing you know you're you're an active participant and and god uses active participants Mm -hmm. in his church yeah uh to uh to accomplish his goals yeah so use grace hill if you if you need to Mm -hmm. to to get the hook in there of like hey now find this in your community and I'll help you and I'll call around. And, um, but that's what I would do. You know, one of the other things that I think is important and, and, and pretty powerful is when somebody who's never been a church goer or never been in the faith or, or um, you know, or, uh, it's never been a part of their life for them then to live it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, once they've, They've come to come to their faith, come to Jesus, to to be transformed mm-hmm. in a way that the people know them, their friends, their family are like something is different. Something's different about you. Well, and I want to piggyback on that mm-hmm. because just because you show up to church doesn't mean you're saved, right? And that's what I love is at Grace Hill. That's the story that we've seen time and time again of people coming up saying. I have gone to church for years, but I have never really got it until now. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, and, and there was somebody in our life that's close to us um, who was one of those, and, and they've just recently admitted that, like just in the last couple of weeks of like, I've gone to church. It was just kind of a check the box kind of thing. Um, we did it. We went, and they, they started uh, for the first time kind of taking the next step of, you know, diving deeper in. And really plugging in. And they said in front of, you know, a a group of people, like, this is the first time I'm getting it. 
that like it's about all week. It's not about Sunday morning. Right. It's about living it out outside of this place, mm-hmm. not just showing up on Sunday and going, okay, that was nice and going home. Like I'm, I, and I'm, I'm excited to start to change. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited to start to see how this plays out in my life, how I start putting these things in and seeing what's coming. And I'm already starting. And I'm already seeing for the first time the the thing that I was supposed to have all the time. Yeah. And that, I mean like, and that was somebody close to us and it was, whew, my wife and I, like that was a special moment yeah. of like, yes. Yeah. Like this was somebody that we, we had always wondered that about, you know, like you don't want to call that out in somebody like, right. I don't think you really yeah, do you get it. Get it. Um, but it was something we had always wondered about. And all of a sudden, boom, this person's like, yep, that was me yeah. and I'm here and I'm getting it and I'm loving it. And I'm, I'm excited to do it. And that person invited somebody, invited somebody to church. Wow. Like it clicked for them and they are like, I know somebody that needs this because that's the that's the reality um, is that we should be on fire enough to say, and I said this to you before mm-hmm. that I want other people to experience yep. what I'm experiencing here. Yep, not for my sake. Nope, not for your for sake. For their sake. Yep, and for the sake of of uh, of what Jesus has called us to do. In Grace Hill. Man. That's how we started. That was our dream. Yeah. Was a church who would be excited, excited mm-hmm. was the word we used to invite somebody to, yeah. and that somebody that has no connection with God would feel comfortable and want to come back. And we're seeing that be played out. But we need to, you know, we've grown a lot in the last six months. We've grown a lot, and so that's why this series is so important to be laying that out of this is who we are. This is what we're all aiming at. So it's a reminder to those that have been here for a while that this is what we're aiming at. Mm. And it's a introduction to those that are, are new. Yeah. This is what we're aiming at. Yeah. And I say, you know, my, how, how I'll close this, this out is I'll say, be bold, mm-hmm. be unafraid. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared. Um, if you know in your heart of hearts, um, that this one more of yours is, is lost. Um, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't yep. wait. Don't wait till, you know, the person's ill or going through some incredible right. life struggle, illness, you know, um, whatever it happens to be. Don't wait until then, you know, yeah. do it, do it now. And I want to, I want to add one last point. I am the pastor of this church and I think I'm batting at about, I don't know, 10% yeah. of my one mores mm-hmm. coming. So don't take a no and a rejection as like, well, I failed at this. I'm sure if pastor would talk to it. No, like even I, like people are going to make their own choice about God and it's just our job to invite. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus and Jesus will handle that with them. Like Jesus, but it's our job just to faithfully plant the seeds and be yeah. the invitation. And, and I don't, I don't get, great returns on my one more. Sure. So don't take that heart. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, don't, don't lose heart that it, they're not coming and, and because God's not done with them yet. Right. If they, we're, we're if the they hands wake, and the feet, right. You know, we're, we're, yeah. he's, he's the Holy spirit does what the Holy spirit does. It, it, it's not your job to save them. That's Jesus's job. It's your job just to make the invitation. Yeah. Right. And don't let something about your past hold you back no. uh, or shame you in a mm-hmm. way where you think, well, this person is going to think I'm hypocritical because they know who, who I was or they know how I was. Don't do that. That's the, that's the Prince of darkness right. whispering in your ear that if, if that's you today, go and read John chapter four, the Samaritan woman at the well, mm-hmm. because Jesus calls her out on her sin and she goes and tells the town, her witness statement is, come meet the man that told me everything I used to do. Come come meet the man who called out my sin yeah. and knew it. And through her saying, I'm broken and yet he loves me and forgives me, that's what saved the whole town. And it says the whole town the whole came town. To, to know Jesus yeah. because she she didn't go and say, hey, look how awesome I am. Come and be like right. me. She said, I'm a broken person who is ashamed and yet God loves somebody like me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you're that person today,
go to them and say, yes, I am that person. I did do those things. I did. And Jesus can love even me. So I know he'll love you. Maybe a more effective person that God uses is a broken one. Exactly. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Oh gosh, we could keep going. And this week we get to talk about more stuff that (laughs) marks us as a church. And we're a little late to this because because of the conference, and so yeah, that's okay. We'll get it out. We'll get it out, and, and uh, it'll be good. Five questions. Five questions. Let's do okay, it. Okay, let's do it. So we traveled this week. Yes, um, and we did some fun things. We saw we some did. awesome things too. Yeah. So uh, first question for you is a favorite form, favorite method of travel: train, plane, automobile. I've never been boat. on a train. We were very near trains. We were. We slept right next to a train. <laughs> Our hotel. <laughs> Our hotel had a train. Train tracks literally, literally that you could touch. We could from your window. Yeah, window. That's how uh, we roll, Grace. Though we were um, <laughs> flying. Flying. Okay. I love being up there and just seeing everything. Interesting. I mean, like we, yeah, because we we flew to Denver and then down to San Diego, and man, and on the way back, you didn't because you were on the aisle. We flew over the Grand Canyon. Uh, oh, really? On the way back, yeah, and yeah. I was, oh man, I've I never was, seen it. You know that? You've never seen the Grand Canyon? Well, because I don't like window seats, right? So it was beautiful. I mean, from that view, and then we flew over like Monument Valley, and then over the Rockies, and I love that view. I didn't see any of it? Yeah, I was oh. watching Elvis. I I watched Elvis too on the plane. So, that was good. So favorite method is plane. Oh yeah, I disagree with that. What's uh, yours? Car. Oh. Yeah. I want to be in control. It may be a, be a plane if I were a pilot. Oh, I'd love to be a pilot. <laughs> That'd be fun. Talk to Nate about that. Yeah. Um, favorite seat. I think we all know this now because we talked about it, but favorite seat on a plane. I like to sit just behind the wing, uh, like a, a row or two behind the wing, um, and the uh, uh, obviously window seat. And then I always figure out which side the sun's going to be on, basing, you know, if you're flying east or west or something like that. And I sit opposite the sun so that I don't have the sun in my. But the safest part of a plane is right behind the wing. I saw, I watched that when planes crash show, you know, like, and they go through all the stuff. And that's why you sit there. Yeah. Oh, it's safest. It's noisier there. You know that. Yeah, but it's the safest part of the plane. Good to know. People in the front, people in the back, those are where most of the. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, so we had an opportunity to play golf on Monday. We did. Yeah. So we we took an early, early flight. What Very. time did we what time did we fly out? <laughs> Flew out at six AM. On a Monday morning. It was it was early. Yeah. But we got to go out to California and we got to play Tory Pines golf course and that was awesome. Which I refer to as the Brown course. Torn up pines. Yes. Cause we we I we knew that they were going to do reseeding and aeration the very next day, <laughs> um, but we didn't know that they had cut the grass all the way down to nothing and stopped watering it in prepare, preparation for that. Um, so we played on a very brown Torrey Pines. I can but say, the views were amazing. The views were amazing. The weather was amazing. The weather, and the company yes. was amazing, too. We had yes. a fourth, a fourth a yes, local join Chi-Chi, us. Yes, Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi joined us. He yeah. was awesome, and he out-golfed all of us. And I, I didn't realize, because I knew Miramar Air Force Base was right there. That's where Top Gun takes yeah. place every year. But we had, like, F-18s and F-35s flying over us. And, oh, I, I was geeking out. I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Yet also... The absolute worst golf course I've ever played on. Yeah, the gra- in my entire life. The grass was really bad. It was it was like playing a, a miniature golf course because like you couldn't get under the ball. Like you would hit and it'd be like I feel like I'm hitting the, concrete. Yeah, yeah. Although Chi said that he shot better because the rough, like in a in a, in the like on the north course, yeah, the rough was so thick. Like if you hit the ball in the rough, out like if you missed the if you missed the fairway. You're gonna have a hard time finding your ball. It's gonna be buried in that thick. Chi Chi was really good. He shot well, but he said he wouldn't have shot as well if if it wasn't mowed down and dry. See, I would have shot terrible no matter what. Right. So like, and that messed up your game. It didn't mess up my game. My game was bad no matter what. I'm good for. I was. You hit was really for, well for the first seven holes. You did good. Yeah, I'm. So I'm, I'm a nine hole. I did get par on one hole myself. Yes, on one. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then there was a couple holes where I had lost my ball twice already and just gave up. So, I mean, remember was... you said, this is the best part. You said, like, well, I lost a ball. Hey, that's the first ball I lost today. Yeah. And then your next shot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lost. Because I did. I made it like seven or eight holes before I lost a ball. Mm. And then I ended up, I think I lost a dozen. <laughs> was... You didn't lose a dozen. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. It was that bad. Good thing we were playing best ball. Yeah. <laughs> that score would have been ugly. Yes. Um, so we were in California. Yeah. Right? I'd never been to San Diego. It was one of my, either. my dad's favorite places. Um, favorite place in California? Because I'm, assume, I'm assuming you've traveled quite a bit through. I, I've only been to L.A. and San Diego. Really? Yeah. Okay. So between L.A. and San Diego. Um, Crystal Cove, California. So it's just it's just north of Laguna Beach, just south mm-hmm. of LA. Um, and so Joe and I were out there. I went I was at a leadership thing out mm-hmm. in um uh Irvine. Yeah. And we went to church that Sunday. Was it Concordia? No, it wasn't there. It was at a, a different church oh. in the area. And we went to church that day and the pastor said the most beautiful spot in the world is Crystal Cove National Park or whatever it's called. It, you know, and he said it's like, you know, 30 minutes away. And he's like talking about how he goes out there for devotion and stuff. And Joe and I are sitting in church and we, I start like pulling it up on my phone. I'm like, it is it's like 20 minutes away. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. And we drove over there. And that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like, it, it was. Wow. You're up on a cliff overlooking this beach and it's preserved, you know, like it's a preserve. Yeah. And like... And then there's a trail to go all the way down to the beach, and it uh, uh, that was gorgeous. It's a it's a magnificent. State. But the Pacific is so cold. See, I'm a Florida water. boy. Yeah. Like at the beach, you go swim. Everybody's in wetsuits because it's freezing. I don't. You get used to it. That cold water is good for your body. I take a cold shower every morning. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I did right before I got here. You take a cold shower. Cold. Why? It's good for your immunity, immune health, and immune system and your bones. Do you take a warm shower like at night? No. So you just stay cold all day. Yeah. It's something I started this year. Interesting. No, I don't stay cold. I'm not cold. You're wearing long sleeves. So are you. Well, because I'm cold. Because <laughs> I took a pipe and hot shower today <laughs> and I stepped out. And, and you got like, out and you're like, ooh, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the opposite way. Yeah. You lower your body temperature a little bit. and Yeah. Anyway, cold. Final question. Favorite thing about the conference for you? Hmm. What was my biggest takeaway? Um, I think my biggest takeaway, Larry Osborne, um, who leads that church, um, written multiple books. Um, he was talking about um, the Israelites and how they needed to follow the cloud of God. Um, in the desert. And when the, cl- the cloud moved, they moved. And when mm-hmm. the cloud stayed, they stayed. And he said, I think sometimes as a church, we feel like we always have to be on the move. Mm-hmm. And he said, and we don't value the waiting, the staying put and waiting mm-hmm. until the cloud moves. And he gave like three things to to know, like this is the cloud moving, you know. Um, and I think that was, that was big for me because um, as a church plant, like we've been on the go, 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 but there have been little seasons of maybe six months or so where I'm like, I've, I've had this nudging in my soul of just like, just chill, like grow, take, mend the things that you need to mend. Mm-hmm. Look at, you know, stop looking out maybe and look inward a little bit. Like, what do we need to clean up? What do we need to work on? What's an area that needs more attention? Um, but I've always felt bad about those moments of like not having like a go, go, go attitude. Um, and to hear him say that was very encouraging because I was like, yeah, that's right. Like the, God's not always going to be on the move. Sometimes God's going to be like, okay, grow your small groups deeper because yeah. they need more attention. Grow your youth group deeper because it needs more attention. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like those are seasons while we're, while we're building and doing this, this is a time to kind of grow deeper, yeah. you know? Um, and, and so that was really encouraging because I, I, I I mean obviously I know the story but I've never really thought about how does that apply to me sure. you know like and that was and and I love the three things he said about when the cloud moves mm-hmm. like those markers and and so to watch for those things watch for those yeah yeah what about you what was your big takeaway from the conference um oof. I took a lot 
took a lot of notes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the probably Yeah, no. It without without fail was um our time together there, yours, mm-hmm. mine and Ryan's and feeling very 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 good about the state of our church. Yeah. Yeah, I, I took a lot of things that that I'd like to we'll discuss, you know, more in depth as as the as the weeks go on here, but but that's that was my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Like how blessed we are mm-hmm. to be here together in this place, um, in this space, um, looking forward to building um, to accommodate more people, mm-hmm. you know, more people's one mores to come. Yeah, and have you at the helm um, at well, this at this that. time, man. It's it's uh, yeah, that was my favorite thing. Cool. Yeah, I'm kissing up, aren't I? Yeah, I do that. Well. <laughs> Thanks for thanks for the week. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. Thanks for your message, and looking forward to this Sunday. Um, if if you uh, the listeners are are taking something from this, we um, encourage you to follow this What's the Buzz podcast um, so that you get the updates of when the new episodes come out. Um, to share to share them as well um, with your with your friends and family with your one mores. Um, we think that this, you know, part of this podcast is is conversational and informational, um, and, and lighthearted as well, um, and maybe an easy uh, an easy uh, entrance into your one more's um, faith walk. And so we encourage you to do that. And of course, we meet here at Grace Hill, two hundred two seven five Honeysuckle Drive, every Sunday morning for three worship services: eight a.m., nine thirty a.m., and eleven a.m. Your kids are certainly welcome. We have opportunities for them to worship here as well. And uh, we meet Wednesdays as well for a meal and for small groups. And so um, hope to uh, hope to meet you all. And uh, thanks again for the time. Thank you.